Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the challenge coverage over here on the Dom and Colin podcast. As you probably realized by Matt not opening it, Matt was not able to be around this week, uh, but did get a very qualified guest host to come in here and talk about this with me. You probably know him from just about every podcast, uh, including his uh, regular spot over on Nothing But Netflix, talking about P-Valley over on the Purple Pants podcast, talking about basically every iteration of The Walking Dead in existence on post-show recaps. Uh, We have the fantastic Chappelle showing up here. Scally, no one's ever called me qualified. I appreciate that a lot. This is a new one for me. Uh, thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be able to to pop in in uh, in Matt's absence. I don't know if I'm going to fill his shoes. I hear they're very big, but I'm going to try my best today. Hopefully, I don't let him down. Yeah, Matt's a big absence, but I figured if we had that large absence, we need to bring in some big guns. And first one on the list. Here we go. Oh, stop it. Thank you. I know I'm the backup of the backup, uh, but it's fine. It, it's a long list. There are other very many uh, great guests, but you were right up there mm-hmm. at the top, tied with the rest. Mm-hmm. So. Okay, sure. I need to see the list. <laughs> All right, we'll go over it later. Send me the sheet. <laughs> <laughs> so, Challenge USA, I know that you have had a history with watching the Challenge in the past. We've also talked about this cast already over on the Cast Preview slash Draft podcast. Now, uh, were you excited for this season? If people had not gotten to listen to that, how were you coming in here? Have you been enjoying it so far? Yeah, I was not excited for this season. Um, <laughs> I I think it's pretty much, like, I'm on record to be like, why are y'all doing this? Uh, like, I'm happy if the contestants are doing something that's fulfilling to them and that they're going to win or whatever. But for me, I was just like, some of y'all, I don't understand why you're putting yourself through this again. Like, uh, like Survivor and Big Brother, mostly sur- more like Survivor, they don't come off as messy as me outside of the game. Like, in the game, yes. But the challenge, for some reason, it's just like, I don't know. I look at it through the wrong lens. I look at it as a game and that everybody should just play the game and go home. But it's really like a full-time job for so many contestants, the the challenge proper, right? Like that's all Mm -hmm. they do is prepare for the challenge. And I think a lot of that has seeped into the CBS challenge. Like I think these people are really taking a lot of this personally. It's a, it's a lot of money, so I get it, but I just wasn't expecting that vibe. So at first I was like, no, I'm not really excited for it. But seeing some of my favorite contestants and a, a bunch of people I didn't know on screen has been kind of refreshing. You know, I, I, I get to spend a lot of time with Tyson here. There's a few others that really stand out as like, man, I liked you on your original show and now I like you here. Um, so I'm getting that and I'm enjoying that. But the mess... I'm, I, I'm a fan of mess, but the mess is, it's messing a little too much for me. Like, it's, it's seeping into my real life, and I don't like it. Yeah, I feel like almost more so even off the show, <laughs> question mark. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like the CBS version has moved away. We haven't gotten as many uh, party scenes. I feel like noticeably absent from this episode and some of the uh, last few. And we're not getting as many drama scenes. It's mostly just like, here's the deliberation and then a flashback to strategy. And so it feels like maybe these contestants would not start viewing this as a full-time job already, being that there's only been one season, no guarantee of a second. But I do think you're right in that some of them have defaulted into, whether it be an audition for the MTV version, or uh, they're hoping, you know, they're uh, counting on praying that season two comes back and they'll be right back there as well. Right. And I don't blame them. Like, I feel like if you're in great physical shape, like Xavier or Kylan or any of these other people that you clearly take this very seriously, Tyson even, you you see that 
okay, this is potentially a career, right? You train, you go and compete against some of, you know, television's favorite reality people or whatever, and then you win money and then you go back home. So it's like, if you're athletic and competitive, this seems like a perfect gig, but it just feels like, like, again, y'all know each other before this, right? So for me, it's kind of like, eh, are you really going to let this game tear, like a, like, a, like a line through your friendship? And the answer is yes. Yes, they are. <laughs> um, at least that's what it seems like. It could be all smoke and mirrors. It could be fun for Twitter and for the internet, but it feels like people are choosing the game over their friendships. And... Um, it's fun to watch, but a little a little icky in, in, at times for me. Yeah, it's funny because I feel like that was always a staple of the challenge is looking at these long-term friendships, seeing how they betray each other. I would say and really, really argue that the MTV version has become a lot about actually maintaining those friendships and not betraying people for seasons at a time uh, to the frustration of the viewers. So I <laughs> was surprised to see that people who probably checked out the most recent couple of seasons came away with that's the gameplay that they should be uh, using here. But I think that's probably down to the personalities more than what they've observed. And I'm not mad at it personally. Right. Right, and we have built-in drama, too. The, the cookout thing has been the number one topic throughout the season so far. It's, you bring back half the cast of, a, of Big Brother 23 or whatever. People are bound to talk about it. And so that is really what has been driving the story here. It's been who's going to break up the Big Brother alliance. Are, are, are Alyssa and Derek F going... I mean, Derek X going to get... Um, yeah, wrong Derek. Derek X going to get um, like revenge on the cookout or on Xavier specifically or whatever. And it's been a big part of the storyline. Um, but because that was such a tight-knit group, I mean, Skylar, we even, even watching Big Brother last year, it was crazy how close the people in the house were in comparison to any other season of Big Brother. Like, it felt like they were all playing together, even though they were backstabbing each other and lying. Um, they were still doing, like, their big blue couch stuff and the dancing and all, and playing Mafia at night. It was it was crazy that they were so close, and now it feels like all that is crumbling in, in, uh, in the wake of, like, this particular game. So it's just been interesting to watch. Yeah, I would even say the people, like, outside of the main alliance, it just seemed like a very cohesive season last season uh, so much so that they extended it for about six more months until they went and filmed this so mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> I was surprised like I kind of expected the confessionals but as we get into this episode I thought they were a lot of uh, all talk and it seems like they are some action so <laughs> getting into the actual episode obviously we lead out with the formation of the pairs every week um, they're going to get the big players of the week Highlighted here with Kylan and Alyssa. You're going to get uh, like Derek and Sarah are highlighted. Derek plays into this a little bit. Justine and David. Any like initial reactions on the pairs or do you not really care about this uh, formula as how they're being no, paired up? No, I love the algorithm. Uh, I think it's hella interesting. I don't really like the idea that your partner can switch every week. Like, as like if I was competing, I would not want to like my, my hands. Um, my game be in the hands of like someone who I don't think is as capable as I am in whatever challenge and vice versa. Like I really prefer you to have more agency in who you're paired with, or at least you know if that person goes home, like you're able to stick it out because you're better than them. But to like randomly get set up with somebody, and I use random in big quotation mm-hmm. marks <laughs> because we have to assume it's random, but also hmm, okay. Um, and so like for me, I don't mind the randomness for them. 
but personally for me, I would hate it. Uh, but what I, I did notice about the pairs is that the show kind of telegraphed the elimination uh, with the previously on. And I don't know if they do this often, Scally, because I'm not a big challenge watcher. But the previously on was basically like, here's Xavier and here's Alyssa. And I'm like, no one's really been talking about Xavier that much. And here's Shan. I'm like, Shan's not a big part of the storyline either to this point. Like, she was in the previous episodes. But for them to focus so heavily on that, I knew that we were going to get a lot of content from them. Um, and possibly they were going to end up in the elimination. So that's what really stood out to me about the algorithm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I went into it like, obviously, they're not going to get betrayed this early. And they're going to be the big decoy of the week. Uh, but then when many of the other options weren't getting a ton of airtime, I started to worry for them a little bit more, for sure. Yeah, and uh, David and Justine are like a perfect decoy boot, you know, for mm-hmm. an episode because it just makes sense for David to go home. Uh. Uh, throughout this episode, <laughs> I mean, well, throughout the episode, we hear numerous people, including David, saying that they don't respect him as a game, you know, as a gamer or whatever. And so it's like this could have been so like just a the quick and easy departure uh, for David that just happened in the middle of the game and nobody would have batted an eye and it would have been fine. But for David to step up and beat one of what people would assume probably is one of the top competitors in the house, um, I think it really did throw everyone for a loop. Yeah, I mean, Justine immediately says, like, everyone in the house is kind of viewing David as weak with the current trend of the weak competitors getting thrown in and Love Island not being super attached. Does worry her. Uh, Definitely worried me being a Justine fan. I was uh, dreading this week, hoping she could just make it uh, either through when he got eliminated or, uh, you know, fly under the radar for a week, but did not seem to be the case. Uh, we do also get early flagging up, like you said, of Derek and Alyssa. Alyssa and Derek confirming that they're each other's closest allies, and they want the cookout to know what it's like to be backstabbed, which still feels weird. Um, I, I thought it was like a lot of confessional talk and, you know, like producers pulling it out of them, but uh, does not turn out to be the case so much. Right, and I don't, that's why I feel like, it's kind of gross how personal it's becoming because I, I, and I can't speak for Alyssa, but I doubt that Alyssa and Derek have like made this their narrative. But I think from a production standpoint, this has to be the story, right? Mm-hmm. Like you have, you can't get them in a room and say like, Hey, remember when you worked with all those people and they betrayed you? What's that like? You have to ask that question. So I do think that they probably are leading them down that storyline. It's the storyline people honestly want to hear about anyway, right? Like, I'm sure that's probably, like, the headline of this. Even if you didn't have Derek and Alyssa talking about it, you would still want to know who's going to break up the cookout, right? Or who's going to break up the Big Brother 23 people. And... Yeah, I think that they're probably taking it a little too personally for something that's clearly being fed. Uh, but Alyssa and Derek are going, like, they're they're leaning into it, you know. It's mm-hmm. clear that they're each other's number ones, uh, whereas in the past you probably would have assumed Alyssa and Xavier are probably each other's number ones. But they have reason to want to betray them or backstab them or at least show the cookout how it feels to be on the other side of the numbers. And so that's clear, that, like, what we're going to get in this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that... Coming in, I very much was thinking this is going to be a production, like, uh, you know, they are trying to get to highlight it. They are going to try to manufacture, I wouldn't say manufacture, but definitely, like, mm-hmm. exaggerate. Um, like, if Alyssa and Derek talked about the cookout for 10 minutes out of three hours, we're going to see all 10 minutes um, in the confessional. But given where the move went this week does seem to be a little more 
uh, actually on their minds and serious than I would have predicted considering uh, we'll talk about how it was as a move. But yeah, <laughs> they think you can tell my thoughts. Uh, we also only other scene we do get before the challenge ultimately is Shannon Xavier talking, saying that basically after this week, she doesn't think that the shows are going to be as loyal to each other. She wants to start forming things outside of her shows, and she thinks Xavier is her best option. She did talk with Derek a little bit last week, but I don't know if she felt as confident in that or if she's just trying to extend the olive branch in a couple different directions. Yeah, and Shannon and X are calling each other their best insurance policy this week, and it really does make sense because with uh, with Big Brother seemingly in charge, right, or against Survivor, like neither group was going to put up one of their numbers. Uh, at least you think that, right? But we did see when Tiffany was eliminated that Xavier and a couple other people within the Big Brother alliance were involved in that. Um, Alyssa, Xavier, they were they, they were talking about this kind of thing. Even and Tiffany is a part of that alliance, right? Tiffany was the mastermind of the cookout and they had no reason to like they had no like issue getting rid of her. So I feel like Big Brother is probably a little bit more willing to cut their numbers than people were willing to acknowledge at the time. But it's clear in this episode that although there seems to be like lines almost drawn, like almost like tribal lines between Big Brother and Survivor with the Love Island and Amazing Race people kind of in the middle, it looks like Big Brother is the, the group that's going to crumble first. Mm-hmm. I think it makes sense for both of them. I mean, obviously, Xavier's coming in as the winner of a show. Shan's coming in may as well be a winner with the target size right. that she's coming in with. I mean, she is, had been portrayed as extremely strategic uh, on her show. Uh, obviously the number one target on that season. I would say one of the top, uh, outside of the winners, probably the biggest threat on the show. So not surprising that mm-hmm. they would gravitate towards each other, so especially since like I'm assuming that the men and women are not running against each other in a final, so who cares if they make it there? Uh, ultimately, you know, it's not as if he's taking money out of your pocket. It's you're competing in different prizes. So I think right. the alliance makes sense. Yeah, and uh, it's a fun alliance. You know, like you said, they were both front uh, front runners in their seasons, and so you think that they would be safe, but it's clear that the episode is going in another direction very quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so then ultimately after that, we do move into the challenge this week, which is trivia. Uh, they break it up into a couple different heats this way. Are you generally a challenge trivia fan? I think it's overrated. No, no, because I always remember these challenges. I, I, I like that TJ takes such joy in watching these people almost die right like this is his cup of tea it's like oh i'm going to make you plummet to your death and make you feel stupid on the way out i'd actually be interested to know how many of these questions tj knows yes um, because he's always very condescending when you get a question wrong it's like what you didn't know that it's like no tj i didn't know that actually thank you and uh tj is just laughing as you fall 250 feet yeah. To your death, basically. You know, like, uh, TJ, I probably did know the answer before you, like, stuck me up here on a skyscraper and said, I'm going to drop you if you get it wrong. Um, <laughs> there's even a moment where Cache says, I'm an actress, and you ask me what an actor is, and I can't even tell you because I'm up here shaking, uh, you know, before my life. Uh, and so I kind of like these challenges. The questions are always kind of like, feel like you could play along a little bit if you want. Um, so I don't have a huge issue with them. Are you not a big uh, no ledge um, uh, uh, fan. Uh, I would say that I uh, enjoy them. I do think they're a little overrated, especially this one where it was just uh, name items in a category until we run out. Uh, I want to get like mm-hmm. a wider knowledge base. I feel like this was a little easy, but at the same time, like 
could TJ named one Zodiac sign, let alone 12. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. So, um, it was fine. It's the type of challenge where I enjoy it, and I like that they mix up the different dailies, but I'm not, like, yeah, TJ, like, bent over in half laughing at these people. Right, no, this is, this is his kink. TJ <laughs> loves this. Like, this gets him going. He's like, yes, humiliate them, spell something, like, get your states wrong. Like, this is his shit. And so I'm always, I, I like seeing TJ have a good time. So that's enough for me. Um, seeing people terrified for their lives doesn't really do much for me. But I, I do like to play along with the challenges. And I, and I too, know that I would have been falling for, uh, you know, to my death as well. Because I got a few of these wrong. I'm not going to lie to you. Oh, yeah? <laughs> did, yeah. you, did you think sharks were not animals? Listen, okay, <laughs> let's talk about that. Now, I, 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 the question here being like, is the shark heavy? That is supposed to be the thesis of this. Like, sharks are heavy. Yes, no. Is it one of the top 10 heaviest, whatever? And Damabate is like, yeah, it might be heavy, but it's not even an animal. Now, I was not <laughs> expecting that at all. Uh, I just don't know how we got there. I just don't know if it... He's like, well, it's not an animal. It's a fish. I'm like, so fish are not animals now. I really was confused as to what we were trying to get to. Um, I, th- I thought it was a good guess, honestly. Like, I mean, I feel like a great white shark sounds pretty heavy. Uh, apparently, it's not as heavy as, what was it, a plankton yeah. uh, feeding shark? But, I mean... I don't know. I would have assumed a shark is about as heavy as a hippo or a rhino. I don't know. They mm-hmm. sound heavy. It was uh, Like uh, Shannon said... Have you ever picked one up? Exactly. Oh, no. <laughs> exactly. For me, I was, uh, first of all, just an unforced error by Dom. Like, no need to just smugly lean over to your partner like, sharks aren't animals. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Like, sir, you're embarrassing yourself again. Yeah, again is right. Um, but, I mean, and it's, especially when in the first person that went that round, they just answered whale, non-specific, two species. So if you had just gone shark, maybe they give it to you. But no, um, unfortunately, they did not. Ta- Speaking of uh, kinks in the trivia challenge, I think we'd found Leo's in Catwoman questions because uh, he was going off the wall. Is this a new, like, reveal because they're acting like we're supposed to already know that leo's the cat guy because desi's like oh here's leo doing the cat thing again (laughs) it's like i've never seen any of his three seasons of the amazing race was he a cat person scally beforehand you are asking me to remember the amazing race which is a tall order (laughs) number one you love the amazing race you dvr it to this day (laughs) i have seen the entirety of all three of leo's seasons and i could tell you nothing about leo as a person there's probably a certain level of irony that his name is Leo and he's a cat person. Oh, for sure. Like like a lion. Like, I wonder if it's all feeding into itself. Like, he's Leo. He is a Leo as well, probably. He's a cat person. But I just thought it was such a weird personality trait for them to talk about. And then for him to even acknowledge it, like, he's like, Catwoman questions? Yes, I did it. Like, um, <laughs> like Catwoman isn't cat specific though like we never get into the type of cat that she is it's more like do you know the actress that played this woman who portrays a cat in a cartoon series yeah um, or a movie series and so it was 
interesting, but I wonder if we're going to get more Leo Cat content moving forward. Mm, we've caught it in a couple episodes where we actually even got revealed that his own cat is named Leo. So uh, it just stood out to me in that, you're right, it's not exactly cat related. And yet he felt so confident that maybe he's paying particular attention to who's playing the role. Uh, not as excited about the Catwoman question is Sarah being very annoyed that Derek can't name anyone who played Catwoman uh catwoman and uh sarah you're older why don't you know more uh than derek why is this his knowledge base right she's like you're smart why don't you know catwoman actresses and she's like yeah i don't and so she's like well i guess we lost it it's your fault get away from me (laughs) like uh sarah you're kind of like you're kind of annoyed aren't you you kind of like just like this resting irritation about herself and i mean she might just be in like gaming mode um, but that's not the Sarah Lucina we saw in uh, Winners at War, Scally. Mm-hmm. We saw like Sarah doing the fashion shows and being lighthearted and all this other stuff. But here, she was all business. She's like, Derek, you got this question wrong. I'll never want to see you again. Yeah, who knew that the side to Sarah existence? Nobody. Yeah. Literally, no one could have foresaw <laughs> this coming. I mean,. No one. It's just a shock to everyone. Yeah, just uh, absolutely uh, flabbergasted. But I was gooped. <laughs> ultimately, <laughs> does put them in the losers' heat along with Danny and Kira, and the ultimate losers of this week, Justine and David. Uh, as you said, I feel like. <laughs> a great decoy boot for with Justine and David started getting really nervous for them around here. And Justine is paid. Like what she has a ton of money now. Mm-hmm. Um because she's she uh, I, does she have the most money of anybody right now in the in the show after this um uh, eventual win? Ooh, um I don't remember exactly how much is in X and Shan's bank accounts. I would say probably not. I think it's probably Kylan then Tyson then probably Justine. Uh, but she is definitely overqualified for the final by this point. Oh yeah, it's pretty close. So does it, it does it even like uh, behoove her to ever go back into an elimination ever? Nope. It's like she's got a ton of money. So she's going she's going into the challenge anyway. Like this and this money is bankable money, right? Like they can take it home. Uh, I don't feel like we've gotten confirmation on that either way. I feel like that mm. would make the money have more consequence because otherwise like they're winning you know if you win 10 dailies and you collect fifty thousand dollars like that has no consequence you already had five and you're on to the final and that's it like then right. what's the point that's exactly what i've been trying to figure out too like uh like what is why why do i have to keep winning money it's like and the losing the losing team has to give you their money it's like okay but but i was already like i already have money so like what's mm-hmm. that gonna do i think in like, theory not- if someone were to hoard all of the money, you could get to a point where uh, there's not enough where other people had won and they don't qualify for the final. So then less people make it to the final than otherwise may have. But I just feel like there's going to be so many opportunities and people will eventually start asking to go in if they're not winning dailies because they want to qualify for the final. So I don't think we're getting to a point where no one is, you know, has a large enough bank account to ultimately run. Gotcha. And I just feel like you should let Justine have her money then. Because she's showing up and showing out here. Uh, putting like She's like basically like the shining star of the Love Island girls so far. Um, and she, I mean, she managed to make it through an elimination with David. And we didn't really talk about how they ended up in the bottom. But just David just completely getting what the first answer he, he said wrong. Mm-hmm. It's just like, yes, yes, this is yep. typical of David. You know, like what we've come to know him as a reality TV player. Um and I don't even remember what their question was. I just know that it happened so quickly. Well, that I was just like, 
Wow. I love in the loser's heat, ultimately, it's what uh, NHL teams had won a Stanley Cup, I believe. Uh, I don't remember if it was uh-huh. in the last X number of years or what the case was. But uh, we see Danny struggle where he just says Pittsburgh, and they're like, that's not acceptable. And then he ultimately gets – he works his way to Penguins. But then <laughs> we get to David, and he just goes, Las Vegas? Um, if Pittsburgh was not acceptable, <laughs> why is Las Vegas acceptable, David? <laughs> right. They're like – Okay, but Las Vegas, who? Just go. Just go, David. Goodbye. Um, (laughs) Which is interesting because Las Vegas, uh, I guess, uh, had not. like It would have been an incorrect answer anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, But it it was interesting that he he actually picked a city with a a hockey team. That is true. It seemed like they were struggling for a while. Danny had no clue what the hell he was talking about. Like He just kind of like just pulled it out of the air. Um, But yeah, again, David's in the loser bracket. And, you know... I, I, I'm not a huge David fan, probably. People probably know that about me. But uh, I, do, I don't like to see him always, like, fighting for his life in these games. You know, like, um, it's really easy to root for him sometimes. And so I'm, I was hoping that this wasn't the end of it because, you know, having to say every week, like, these people don't respect me is something that I know dearly. You know, like, <laughs> I hold that in my soul. So I kind of was rooting for him in this moment. David Alexander is easy to root for. It was not on my bingo card for today. I won't lie. I think he's just an underdog all the time, right? Because remember, like, the first time uh, he was on Big Brother and everybody's like, if he just had another chance, it's the way he's in camp comeback and these racist people are doing And then he comes back and you're like, oh, my God. The, mm-hmm. geez, the Maybe we shouldn't have been rooting for him. But then he goes <laughs> kind of far into the game and you're like, well, I mean, maybe maybe he can take out somebody. Yeah. You know, and so then you start to kind of for him again and now that he's here everybody's just like dogging him every week he's losing like at the drop of a hat in some of these challenges and so i think it's just the underdog of it all i don't know if i'm rooting for him as a person but i think i'm tired of seeing him lose yeah i find it hard to get past like sure in that first season i feel like he had one specific very good conversation on the feeds with i think cat um if not maybe someone else um and (laughs) everyone really leans on that one it's like i've seen him have one good conversation in three seasons of TV so far. So <laughs> I'm still waiting for the next one to pop up. Uh, I haven't seen much else that gives me a ton of promise. I feel bad that he is basically the punching bag. He has been, uh, you know, just the joke after joke for the editor on this season. But once I see David is, I think, up to like six confessionals this episode and one in the first three total, then I started thinking like, all right, we were saving it until he is on his way out. Gotcha. Yeah. So, no, this was a shocker then for you because Danny definitely dodged a bullet at some point with the Pittsburgh thing. But David is ultimately the one who goes into um, into the elimination. Uh, did you think uh, Danny's celebration was notable? I think his uh, did you notice his Kamehameha wave that he is um, like celebrating? Are you a big Dragon Ball Z guy, Scally? I did notice it and I could have pointed out that it was a Dragon Ball Z reference, but I could not have uh, given you the name of the move and still probably could not, even though it was just said three seconds ago. Right. <laughs> Derek X definitely called it out. I would have peeped it. You don't know this about me, Scotty, but I'm Dragon Ball Z. Oh, yeah. Leonardo. Way back when. Way okay. back when. Uh, I don't know anything that happened in these recent years, but back in my day, I was a heavy, <laughs> heavy uh, Goku stan, um, and, I, and I was happy to see that Danny is, too. But again, 
it's David, not Danny, that we should be worried about. And so um, him and, sadly, Justine are um, up for elimination. Yeah, so then we do get to the winner's heat. And ultimately comes down to either Ben and Aza, Dom and Angela have somehow made their way here uh, with Dom. What was it? Uh, that might be wrong. Um, and then, <laughs> yeah, that one's wrong. Um, but also Kylan and Alyssa were our ultimate winners for the winner's heat. Yeah. And um, it's because Kylan knows uh, states that start with the letter N. Um, and he knows actors pretty well. You know, he got the Aunt, the Anne Hathaway is Catwoman uh, moment. Uh, this was a good showing for Kylan as a competitor. Now, I know you are the original Kylan stand <laughs> um, since day one. And so I know all the listeners are really trying to get your opinion about Kylan in this episode. Because there was a lot of Kylan content. And I don't think that you loved it all, Scally. You know, I was watching this episode, and uh, at the time where we'll get to deliberation, but around deliberation, I was very excited that you were coming on, but also a little bit regretting that it was for this episode. <laughs> uh, oh, why would that be? <laughs> ultimately, uh, I think that it didn't end up as absolutely awful as it could have been i think it you know mm-hmm. the elimination goes another way and it's even worse for him but yeah uh, <laughs> kylan makes it impossible to stand by him so uh, he ultimately does well here in the challenge and i think that he is like likable enough in confessionals he had, tries really hard he wants this so bad i think more than anyone else on the show um and so like to be the challenge winner you know put the money aside and Mm -hmm. so i feel like for kyland i'm not super surprised to see him win a trivia challenge i'm not surprised to see him win a physical challenge last week uh definitely flagging up as a big threat here yeah um i know you you and the kai fans are out there (laughs) rooting for him uh on the edge of your seat every week and i saw this was a controversial week for kyland i i personally looking forward to talking uh talking through the move because <laughs> i would love to know what you think he was thinking and if you think that it was a net positive or a negative move uh in this game uh because yeah we see kylan and Alyssa in the driver's seat getting to decide who will go into elimination against david and justine and they have their pick of the litter the problem is that um this is Big Brother, and they cannot put up a Big Brother person, or can they? Mm. So um, they have to decide who's going to go up against um, one of their people. David is still a Big Brother person, and so um, there are a few options on the board, but ultimately they decide to go with Shan and Xavier. Yeah, so it's definitely, you just see the (laughs) train crash happening in front of your face. It's just absolutely seeing a mile away at this point. Back at the house, you get Xavier talking about he's proud of them. Kylan talks about how they built up their relationship after Big Brother, but immediately after he walks away, Alyssa's like, should we do this? They run it by Tyson and Angela, who are both uh, seemingly very excited about this move, and I don't blame them. Yeah, Tyson is just oh, oh, head over heels. He's like, wait, y'all are taking out one of the bigger competitors. And even if y'all don't take out Xavier, y'all are causing a rift in your game. Like, you are giving me one of the biggest cracks is that now when Xavier wins, he's not going to be willing to put us up because he's probably going to be coming after y'all. So for Tyson, this is the best case scenario. And I didn't hate Angela in this moment either. She's like, she she smells blood in the water, like the true shark that she is. Uh, and she's just like, yeah, do that and blame it on Shan. And just and, we can, and we'll just get away with it. It's fine. Like, I don't know why y'all are doing this, but just do it. 
Um, she even says like, oh yeah, I'm in the Big Brother Alliance too, but if y'all are willing to be the ones to do this, then that'll draw some attention away from me and then I can just kind of cruise a little bit. So uh, not the biggest Angela fan, but her and Tyson really had a good moment. Um, I, I, I could see them just licking their chops waiting on... Um, um, Alyssa and Kylan to make this move. Mm-hmm. It's something that I was a little confused by the phrasing, ultimately what she meant, but I took it to be early in the episode. Uh, Alyssa also brought up David and Justine's name to Derek as I, what I thought was saying that they were an option, that it would help like increase his position within the Alliance if David was gone. And I was like, why is Derek below David when most of this is Big B23? <laughs> uh, but sure. Um, so I think for Tyson and Angela even though like Tyson seemed to have a working relationship with Xavier and probably would have rathered a different big brother player go. Uh, I think that it removes one of the people in their like show Alliance each, uh, but probably someone who is closer to the core than they are personally. And someone that they're not uh, particularly close to working with. I don't think Tyson and Sham had like the closest working relationship. I think she even like on her exit interviews has talked about how she didn't want the winners to win any more money. So uh, I think a big net positive for the both of them, even though they were losing someone from their own shows. Yeah, it, it, and you know, this isn't a team challenge where your show is going to win an, a, like a huge amount of money for you making it to the end with them. There's no benefit to you keeping them to the end just because they're on your show. Obviously, there's benefits to them not putting you up for elimination every week. But at the end of the day, somebody's going to have to take Xavier out. And so for Tyson, he's like, okay, you know, like uh, we have a good working relationship, but he's got to go at some point. Um, and he's not. A survivor player so it works out for him and then angela was able to do the same thing like uh at some point like i i think angela is going to want to sit at the end with tyson probably as her final partner uh and so if her and tyson plan on beating xavier it wouldn't hurt if he's not even in the final and so i think both of them kind of looked at it and thought okay not not what we would do personally but um yeah, but we we we're going to go ahead and just allow you to do this and see if we can reap the benefits. And I I'm afraid it, they might have been a hundred percent correct. I think they are going to benefit from this immensely moving forward. Mm-hmm. The only quick scene that we get, which I don't feel like has a uh, ton of impact on this episode, I was kind of curious why we even see it. Is Cache is pitching to Sa- uh, to Shan that Love Island is going to be fully loyal to Survivor? Being that Shan leaves this week, I'm a little curious why we ended up seeing it. I don't know if that is going to come into play of a Love Island Survivor relationship. Uh, see them a little bit tighter in the future, but thought it was interesting that we get it at all here. No, no, I, I definitely understand why they would put something like that in there because it's telling you, like, once Big Brother weakens their numbers, they're losing this. Mm-hmm. There's no way that, like, Cache is selling them. I'm We are fully prepared to throw our lot in completely with Survivor. And so Big Brother is weakening themselves for no reason as the Love Island girls basically go in and replace Shan, right? So Shan's potentially leaving here, and now Cache and Kira and Justine are all just going to just jump ship and be mm-hmm. and uh, it's Shannon, right? She's a love She's girl. there, yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and so yeah, they're all just going to jump ship with the survivor people and then it's like, okay, well it's open season on Big Brother players. And yeah, putting that in there like say, it's like in showing that it's already being talked about, right? That the Survivor Love Island alliance is already happening. It just makes the move to get rid of a Big Brother player, especially a big competitor like Xavier. It makes it look even so much more foolish. Yeah, for sure. So definitely looking to see how that plays out in the future. 
But all right, let's rip the, rip the Band-Aid off. We get to elimination. Derek sees it's a puzzle. Motions, don't throw in Xavier. It's his, like, this is his strength. It's too risky. But they ignore him. Ultimately, Alyssa and Kylan draw first blood, and they throw Xavier into elimination in only episode four. How do you feel about this? Personally, I liked it because of the mess. You know, like, I, I complain about the messy mess outside of the house, but in, in the game, I like I like something like that. If you can contain it to the game and then not be, like, something that ruins these people's lives or their friendships, then fine. Um, whatever. It's, for me, good TV. Uh, Alyssa is, and Kylan are probably thinking in the long term that they can't beat either of those people in a, in a final challenge. Um, Alyssa, remember, Alyssa wants to go to the end with Derek. And so if Alyssa and Derek are ever at any point up against Xavier and somebody else, they're probably going to lose in like a, a physical challenge. Um, you know, maybe, you know, it's like, it's not, it's not a clear cut winner there. And so I think for them, it's like, okay, he has to go eventually. He can go now. Uh, it also allows them to complete their, their destiny of backstabbing the person who backstabbed them. Um, coincidentally, they're the two people who probably Xavier backstabbed the most. Um, Fair. Alyssa who thought that she had a final two with him and Kylan who thought that he had a final two with him everybody else really wasn't backstabbed by Xavier personally they just kind of lost at the hands of the cookout and then you know the cookout imploded but those two in particular were sitting in a spot where they really thought <laughs> like they were his, his end game and they were not um, and so you know for the sake of the narrative and you know to get their pound of flesh I understand why they did it now it just strategically seems very foolish it just does not seem like a good thing to do exactly for me uh, as a tv show like i'm excited for mess i think that throwing in cinco and shannon incredibly boring uh Mm -hmm. there are other better moves on the table which i think we can talk through just a little bit uh after we get done talking about just how bad of a strategic move i think this is especially on a show like the challenge first of all we're only in episode four and you are throwing away someone who really has no reason to target you like i get Mm -hmm. that he has betrayed you in the past and so you're a little wary but that's a game where only one person wins only two people make it to the final two in this there's probably going to be four people of each gender running the final would be my estimation Mm -hmm. so like Kyland, if you think that you can outrun Xavier, then there's no problem. Go to the final. Like you, I don't know that that is the case, but Kyland is so about like going to the end against the best anyway. It just it feels so premature. You could have done this much later. I know people even had tweeted at me like, "Well, people always complain about uh, not targeting CT, so why sometimes you just gotta take the shot early?" Uh, Xavier is not CT. <laughs> like I'm sorry, he mm-hmm. might be very strong. Like I have no doubt that Xavier could win a final but he has not proven to be dominant on the challenge in the way that ct is it's not the case if anything give that to tyson i feel like tyson is a much much bigger finals threat so if you're saying that like you just got to take a shot sometimes then throw in tyson and kayla if you think that that's the move uh but ultimately i think shot taken way too early yeah and i think it's less about xavier's uh ability to win a final potentially and more about his social standing this person is not going to put you up that's mm-hmm. why you need to keep him. If you're Alyssa, you have to know that he's probably going to fight to keep you because he looks at you as your as his number one. So you're cutting off a lifeline that you have. Kyron probably doesn't have that same level of like trust in Xavier to like as a lifeline, but he could still count on the fact that like if Big Brother plans on like being a contender in this, they have to keep the numbers to at least keep Survivor at bay. And so, um, yeah, socially. There was no reason to put up Xavier here. 
But for the TV show, I, I kind of appreciated it. And I appreciate that it worked. Now, better TV would have been it not working, you know. <laughs> the failed attempt and then Xavier coming back all scorched earth into the house. But uh, for the time being, I think this is fine. Yeah. Uh, which way did you find yourself leaning in the elimination? For Mess, were you just strictly rooting for Xavier and Chan to come back and or his characters? Or where were you leaning? I don't know. Yeah. I, like I said, I kind of appreciate the Alyssa and Kylan, uh, like, vendetta. Like, I appreciate <laughs> the, yeah, I appreciate the fact that there is a story there. They want to make a good TV show based on that story. And so I'm like, yeah, you shoot your shot. Now, like I said, for better TV, the shot fails, and then Xavier comes back. Maybe you get him later, or maybe we get, like, a showdown at the, at the final, you know, at the final, and, you know, Big Brother is imploded or whatever. But, again, it was kind of like... I feel like you're punching down to like be rooting against Justine and David. Yeah, uh, I think Justine has done nothing wrong. You know, she's she's amazing TV. Apparently, like I, I was like, I don't know who this person is, but I'm rooting for her. And then David is always an underdog. So I don't know if I was rooting for Xavier and Shan. Honestly, I kind of think I was rooting for the opposite to happen. I think I wanted them to lose. And uh, I'll say this: I was not the biggest Xavier fan doing Big Brother 23. Obviously, I was like riding or dying for Tiffany at the time. But I enjoyed him so much more in this episode than I did in the entirety of Big Brother 23. <laughs> yeah, I thought he was fun. I was ultimately yeah. very torn. I feel like um, as a duo, like if we are like taking the weighted average, probably Xavier and Shan are bringing more to the show uh, on average. But uh, as a biased human being who uh, loves Justine, I was definitely sweating thinking that she might go home here. Um, so for me, I think ultimately I was probably rooting that way, to be honest, and feel like I got my way. Uh, but definitely sad to lose uh, Shan and Xavier so early in this season. Did not expect it either. Yeah, I think I drafted Xavier. Um, I think I have. So him, I was, so. <laughs> oh, okay, I was like, listen, I think I drafted one of these people, uh, but I think I think I dodged a bullet this round. I don't think I drafted any of them now that I think about it. But um, yeah, at, again, this is the saddest I've ever seen been to see Xavier like in a tight spot like this. Like uh, in Big Brother Twenty Three, he really never really had that much adversity um, going on because of the like, alliance, the cookout. Um, the structure of the game, it just really, like, benefited him. But here we got a lot of fun sound bites. We got the, like, y'all are all broke and petty bitches, and I'm rich. <laughs> and we got the, um, I liked earlier in the episode, I think there's a point where he says, you know, we did all that backstabbing and stuff last summer, but I'm over it. I'm well past it. Like, of course you are. You won. <laughs> you, you get to be over it. You Like, everybody talks about the cookout, and you're the winner. You You get to, like have that moment and be like, yeah, I backstab all these people and I want a bunch of money, more money than any other person has ever won on Big Brother. But, you know, I, why are they still holding on to this? And so a lot of fun moments, personality moments from Xavier. And I think that mm, I, I wouldn't mind seeing Xavier play, get, you know, more screen time in the future if he wanted to play the challenge again. Yeah, definitely. Same. I feel like both very fun characters on this show. Um, I And definitely a lot of 
drama on social media, usually surrounding Shan. Did delete her Twitter, but a uh, little discussion on exit interviews this week uh, where clearly I feel like there is uh, no love lost <laughs> between uh, some of these players and uh, Alyssa and Kylan. Shan does not seem to be the biggest fan. Xavier has said that basically I view them as co-workers now, not really friends. So, <laughs> uh, And also I believe uh, it seemed to be the case that fans realized that Xavier unfollowed <laughs> Alyssa and Derek on uh, Instagram probably uh, last mm-hmm. night and then once called out did refollow them so um, <laughs> <laughs> I, there was drama but uh, that is uh, we could see that play out on a season two I, I wouldn't mind yeah I see that's what I'm talking about though like you went from friends to co-workers because they backstabbed you in this game like really really because like, tight-knit as y'all were last summer y'all have spent every waking moment together it seems on social media y'all lived in Ky- uh in todrick's house for like six months for whatever like in various degrees it's like really co-workers because they backstabbed you in this game well how would you have felt had they done the same thing after bb23 obviously he'd have been fine because he won um, but, you know, I'm just saying, it's, you're taking a little personally from my liking. Like, I want this to be fun mess, not, like, mess mess where y'all are all enemies at the end of the day. Yeah. I would say, for me, um, if I am, let's say, in Xavier's position, I am someone who is very competitive, and I find it... You? Hold on, pause. <laughs> Seriously, stop it. You play, first of all, you play games, which I did not know. But you also win a lot of them, and you're no. very competitive, and you hate losing. Mm. Hmm. Okay, new information. All right, like I learned something new about you well, every day. You know what? <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> I find it a lot easier to get over a uh, just even in a small game, like a move that screws me if it is logical versus it if it is. It is illogical and i think that is what xavier has to get over here is these people screwed me that are supposedly my friends and it doesn't help them it is just a personal vendetta that was made or just like petty bullshit whatever you want to call it so and he calls it out as such he views it as such regardless of how they end up going on to do which i have no idea um it just this move does not seem to have put them on a good path so i would have a harder time getting over that versus where you have like Derek, Kyland, Alyssa coming in and Xavier did betray them, sure, but like you all betrayed other people too on that season because mm-hmm. you were advancing and you did it logically and you did it in order to advance yourself that season. Like Alyssa got on board with like her showman's Christian going home almost. You know, Kyland has sent home many of his close friends, had no problem doing so. So I find that a lot harder to justify like being bitter at someone else who made a logical good move um, but especially at the cost of doing a logical good move here yourself like whole you can be petty and that's fun yeah. but don't throw your game away there, is there no respect for the memes Gally? you know I love a good meme <laughs> I do love a meme that is fair yeah for the meme you know like I famously have tanked drafts in the past where there had been memes involved and ended up winning in the end so is there any world where this is going to pay off for these two uh you know i feel like respect for the meme definitely got a lot of people talking it definitely got them probably if there is a season two a spot booked there but uh they're also in those drafts that you're doing is not a what is it five hundred thousand dollar prize so yeah um, <laughs> there's a difference 
Right, and and this could have been their audition for the uh, the next season, right? Like we see that on the challenge proper. It's always like for these rookies, what did you do to make a big splash where they'll call you back? No. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is on basically any other show, like when people are on Big Brother and are, oh, I hope I play All Stars. I hope I get on the Amazing Race. I hope I get on the Challenge. Like, shut up and just play the game you're playing because there's not that many returning opportunities. But with the Challenge as it being a show that is exclusively built on returning opportunities uh, i understand playing for future seasons much more gotcha so we agree that this made complete sense <laughs> i don't know if i'm going that far <laughs> i think ultimately like you can do this move later and uh, like yeah. i said in terms of flagging up better moves like if you're trying to go for a strong competitor like tyson and danny are both right there i feel like both extremely strong uh and like they're paired up with uh, Kira and Kayla, both no slouches whatsoever. Um, mm. And, like, you're taking out people that are not directly in your alliance, at least as we're presented on TV. If you want to take out people and justify it as we're still eliminating the weak people we don't want to be uh, paired with, it seems like that narrative was surrounding Leo, and you also take out a survivor in Desi. So there were other moves to be made. Um, I think that you probably would have been upset about that particular one actually going through. But, uh, mm-hmm. you, know, <laughs> you know what? Kyland and Alyssa did you a favor, I guess. A little bit, yeah. We keep Desi as long as long as we can, especially now that I know that Desi Desi a little messy, you know. It's true. I peeped that first episode and the first, well, that that, that second episode where we talk about Tiffany a little bit and just like, okay, hold on. Um, <laughs> the drama being had here, a lot of it was falling at the feet of Shan, but Desi was right there. Yeah. You know? And honestly, she came away unscathed from what I could tell. Mm, there was a little bit on Instagram between Tiffany and Desi where uh, Desi answered like some Instagram question and Tiffany was like, why didn't you tag me and stuff like that? Nothing super serious. Um, like Tiffany basically said, like, mm-hmm. I want to be your friend or I've wanted to be your friend. And it doesn't seem like you uh, take that super seriously. So nothing like too dramatic, but I would not say Desi is completely out of the thick of things on social media. Yeah, but look at her. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Dear God. Um, she's, uh, yeah, just a perfect human. Oh, my God. As messy as she is. I want more Desi uh, content. But, Skyly, is this was this edit uh, different from a typical season of the challenge? Because we barely got any content from so many people. Mm-hmm. I feel like it is, first of all, in the challenge, we used to only have 30 minute episodes and we've moved to 60 to 90 minute episodes all of a sudden on the challenge (laughs) weekly uh which feels even bloated at times so uh i would say that it's tough to say that in the challenge we ever get like this many people just completely like invisible from the edit uh especially with uh, this size of cast, I feel like we have come down a little bit in the size and we really focused on so few people this episode. But I think Mm -hmm. that's when the CBS challenge really has been focusing so exclusively on the challenges and on the strategy. uh, It's hard to then work in other people. There's only so many people that are really going to be options and or actively manipulating each week and becomes a lot harder to include other people. We're not getting drama and partying. Yeah, it seems like one of the only like sources of drama that we get in both iterations is always this narrative that Big Brother is so shady. You know, like in the, the challenge proper, it's like, oh, Big Brother, Big Brother this, Big Brother that. But even here on CBS's challenge, where Big Brother is one of what four shows, um, 
it still like is flagged up as like this is the shady group that you should not trust and i mean this episode did kind of prove that but do you think there's a reason why big brother of all of these shows is it like looked at inherently as the people you can't trust or is it just the people that they chose for the cast because like what makes them any more strategic or like shady than survivor well being that the people that ended up sticking around for big brother on mtv were fessy casey and josh i'm gonna go with okay that's different right (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna go with it's not just the people that they specifically chose um Mm. i think in terms of the mtv version big brother was the first uh non-mtv property it also was the first show that was like exclusively a strategic show that they were pulling from rather than the real world road rules are you the one Mm -hmm. those were all like much more uh you know like lifestyle shows almost if not uh like love shows or whatever the case may be so you're getting people that are have experience with a strategic game that's also probably played at a higher caliber than most challenge seasons or at least most challenge players are playing most challenge seasons um and ultimately when we get to the cbs challenge and uh who they've started bringing in on the challenge uh for mtv i would probably argue that the body of work on a survivor player is often more devious than a big brother player Mm-hmm. yeah it's just every time i watch a season it's like oh my god we gotta get these big brother people out big brother is so shady we hate big brother you know it's always big uh conflict over that was it Kyle and his amazing teeth, they were, like, spearheading the uh, anti-Big Brother uh, campaign a few seasons ago along with um, with someone else. I forget who it was, but, like, Devin, yes. You know, like, I hate Big Brother. And then Josh Martinez is crying in the background. You know, like, (laughs) and and so I thought, like, oh, okay, that's probably exclusive to that show because Big Brother is the strategic show of them. Uh, But for here, with Survivor being right there, you don't get a lot of the Survivors are shady narrative. Um, And so I started to wonder if it was even just, like, uh, an aspect of Big Brother that people probably don't consider. Because we watch the show every year, and throughout the season, we're saying, these people aren't doing anything. Like, why are you just sitting here? Be more active in the game. Like, we look at these Big Brother players, like, they just lay around the house a lot of times. Mm -hmm. Like, there's normally a couple that are really moving the needle, but then everyone else is just kind of playing, like, summer camp. But then they get on these shows, and it's, like, the most conniving group of people that you've ever seen. Um, (laughs) Angela Romans was literally called Furniture in her season and now people are like oh that angela she's so good like she's so conniving she's so manipulative and like really i mean don't get me wrong she wasn't any strategic slouch in big brother but geez they're making it sound like she's like voldemort and so um (laughs) it's or jk rowling even worse uh and so uh you know but for me i'm just kind of like wow is it something about being in that house 100 days and pretending to be friends with people as you backstab them like is it the long game that makes these big brother players so much more manipulative outside of the house yeah i'm wondering if it's that survivor is controlling the narrative also mm-hmm. uh you yeah. know because Shan's if, calling them shady so they must be shady. <laughs> exactly like uh when their competition is love island like selly and shannon like yeah that's who you're gonna paint the big strategic target on <laughs> <laughs> so like giovanni he's the big threat of the season Listen, how dare you i uh i, I drafted giovanni uh <laughs> and i stand by it he has strategic chops we just didn't see them <laughs> so uh in general i think that it is probably a little bit uh 
based on who they cast, a little bit based on the show, a little bit uh, the competition they're surrounded by. So uh, once you take all of that, I think it probably, and again, Survivor controlling the narrative, because I would argue that a modern season of Survivor, you're going to have people flipping on their alliances and or relationship much more often than a modern season of Big Brother. Yeah, and I mean, speaking of the narrative, Shan calls Alyssa Megamind um, in her exit. (laughs) And I said, wait, did she do that on purpose? Did she call her a big head blue alien on purpose? Or was she meant like mastermind? But she went straight to Megamind. (laughs) I was like, that was such a deep pull. Yeah, I feel like it was not uh, by accident. I don't think Shan does anything (laughs) by accident. No, but yeah, calling her Megamind and then saying that she's what, not the sharpest tool in the shed or crayon in the box or whatever she said. I was like, oh man, you know, Survivor, if Survivor's going to push this narrative, it's not looking good for Alyssa. Um, but I mean, we shall see. I mean, next week she could very much be paired with a Survivor and then she'll be safe for another week. At least we're led to believe that. Yeah. So you never know. This game really does shake up week to week. The only thing i meant to say when we did talk about the format let me bring it up because i'll forget it um i guess if you're approaching it as a game standpoint the only edit that i could think of that they could make is like uh depending on how you place each week would be how you get to like pick your partner for the next round but you can't Mm. pick someone that you've already had ultimately i think i come down on i'm watching the show not playing it so i'd rather this random uh, right. draw where some people are probably going to get screwed, yes, and I hope it's not my favorite, but ultimately it's going to create a more chaotic game and a better TV product. Agreed, because uh, for me, I would want to play with the person who I had the most chemistry with or the person who I thought would match me or compliment me the most, but if I'm watching them, mix it up. Yeah, Let's have some fun here. You know, um, Let's see Ben Dreebergen and Aza uh, as a team. <laughs> That's and, what you want to watch? <laughs> Give well, them all the screen time? It happened time. this week, right? Yeah, <laughs> it happened this week. Aza carried. And, uh, and she has been. You know, I'm very impressed with Aza. I, I, I like her confessionals this week when she was talking about the cookout group chat and how Xavier's probably going to lead the group chat. It's very funny considering he did unfollow them on Instagram. <laughs> so I'm like, maybe he did leave the group chat. Uh-huh. Um, Kylan claims that is not the case. Everyone has sorted this out a long time ago. They're all fine. No one's left the group chat, which uh, mm. I don't know if I believe, but we'll I see. I don't know if I believe it either. Yeah, we'll see. We <laughs> shall see. So uh, I think probably the only thing that we really didn't talk about in any detail was the elimination uh, we got. I feel like it was pretty unique. Any feelings on it? Yeah, what did you think about the choice for Xavier to just rent, like punch through all the glass? Because the idea is that if your your glass is color coded, and so you punch through the glass that has your color, and then your partner punches through the glass that has their color, and if you punch through your partner's glass, then you get a five second penalty, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, Xavier just chose to just like p- power through all the glass and take a fifty second penalty. Um, and whereas uh, David and Justine only had a 10 second penalty, do you think that was like a big game changer uh, strategically uh, leading them to lose the challenge? So I believe in exit interviews, they have said like it isn't as big of a deal as it seemed to have been on the show. I feel like it's tough to know how like difficult to break that glass is going to be. I don't think mm-hmm. that you would assume it's going to be impossible, but I feel like it definitely has varied season to season. So I don't hate the idea of creative thinking and like, is it going to be worth taking the penalty here? Like definitely worth a thought, um, but doesn't seem to have paid off for sure. Especially like no. the puzzle I think I would have also assumed would be a little more difficult and it seemed a little simple. 
Right, right. And I think that might just be from watching a bunch of Survivor, right? Because in Big Brother, I don't think you really have hard puzzles. The puzzles on Big Brother are, like, normally pretty simple, but they might, like, add an aspect to the challenge to make it harder. So, like, um, the puzzle is seven pieces, but you have to do it on a balance beam, <laughs> exactly. you know? Or something like that. Um, so, I maybe they assume the challenge would be a lot harder. Or maybe Xavier just completely underestimated David Alexander. You know, he felt like <laughs> even with 50 seconds head start, I'm still going to beat him. Um, and it looked like David stepped up. Now, I will say this. I didn't think the show made it out to be that big of a deal. I thought the show kind of pointed out that, yeah, this 50 seconds really didn't close many gaps. Uh, mm-hmm. Like as far as like what would have happened. And I think unless Xavier is really, really good at puzzles, it looked like David kind of just uh, naturally came across that one. Or it was a very easy puzzle. It just didn't seem like it was like, a survivor puzzle. Those survivor puzzles will last hours. Yeah, exactly. Um, this was a mere like two minutes, probably. Well, so based on I think the time penalties, it does seem that David and Justine also picked up a ten-second penalty and mm-hmm. ended up finishing. Uh, like they got to like a, basically a thirty-second head start. So I would guess got out of this maze about ten seconds after Xavier and Shan. Uh-huh. So it seems like actually taking the time to break your own glass was not the worst strategy in the world being that it only took about 10 seconds longer that's not a very significant amount of time and uh maybe they underestimated david maybe they underestimated justine does seem like ultimately when they get the win david gives all of the credit to justine really hyping her up saying that uh there are people playing the mtv challenge for 20 years who don't have justine's resume to which i did see a very funny tweet i don't remember uh the handle sorry about that but it was saying basically like damn david you didn't have to do nani like that so uh, <laughs> very I mean, good one points are made points <laughs> were made um it's not for everybody, you know? It's just not. And David proved that he was able to do something. And I think uh, this was a big episode for him, respect-wise. I don't know if it's going to change his view. Like, people are going to like change their opinion of him in the house. But it's the first step, honestly. Winning a bunch of dailies will really put some respect on your name in the, in the challenge. Um, we see in the regular MTV challenge where it's like, you don't want to go up against certain people in a daily. You just don't. Um, and that's okay. You know, and where it's like here, it's kind of like David could be creating that narrative for himself. I cannot imagine this being the last time that he's finding himself in elimination. And so if he survives a couple of them, he might be the person to beat when it comes to those one-on-one challenges or Mm -hmm. two-on-two. Yeah, the thing is, if you want to build the reputation for yourself, which I think David does need to do, uh, you probably Mm -hmm. don't want to yell how, Justine, that was all you, you carried me. Uh, (laughs) Probably not Mm -hmm. ideal, but uh, I think he held his own, especially in the, like, glass punching and crawling uh, portion of the challenge. Yeah, and Justine even gave him some credit. You know, she was saying, like, no, David, you really handled the puzzle. And so I think it might be the first step of many to David, like, finally making a name for himself in these reality TV sphere, because I think so far it has not gone well. Mm -hmm. Um, And there is definitely room to improve on his current um, standing as a reality TV star. I'll say that. For (laughs) sure, for sure. So uh, unless you have anything else, I think... That's the episode. Uh, probably ask a couple questions after that, but anything else on the episode specifically? I, I mean, just in general, I kind of want to know how fast do you think this backlash is going to happen against uh, Big Brother? I mean, like, very quickly, you would think there's going to be some type of fallout due to what just happened with Xavier. I don't know if Ozza's going to feel like they can't work with Kylan or Alyssa. I mean, Derek X we saw was kind of in on the plan 
as well. How do you think Big Brother is just going to fracture immediately, or do you think it's going to be like more of a slow burn to the finale? I think it's probably going to be a slow burn. It's obviously going to depend on who's paired with who, who wins the challenges. Um, I don't see like Aza getting super shaken here. Obviously, Angela was already on board. Derek's on board, so I don't see Big Brother just completely imploding uh, in the way that it could have. But uh, I do think that Survivor and Love Island are probably going to capitalize on this. Maybe not take the shot directly at uh, Kylan and Alyssa right away, but just like, oh, you guys won't mind if we also take out Enzo, right? Or if we, oh, Aza's got to go. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I feel bad, but it's just got to happen. So I can see them, their numbers starting to whittle down for sure. Yeah, I hate that. I like Enzo. Um, always have. <laughs> even even in the All-Star season when people start to be like, mm, I don't know if I love Enzo. I'm like, I, I kind of like the meow meow. I like Asa too. And so I don't want them to be casualties of this horrible move that Alyssa and Kylan did. But it's got to, you got to pay this bill at some point. Like the check, the, the money's due. You know, you've, you've done the deed and now it's all going to come back to, to get you. Uh, I wonder if it's even strategically uh, a good idea to come after somebody like Alyssa Scali because you think if you're Angela or uh, Sarah Lucina or one of the other uh, like well women that are front runners, probably athletically Desi, that you probably look at Angela. I mean, as Alyssa, as somebody you might want to run against at the end because. I mean, she doesn't look like the most physically imposing person, to me at least. What do you think? Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, for all we know, Alyssa like, could be a great runner, and I feel like that is such an important aspect in the final. She seems to be pretty good in, uh, I would say she's decent enough in like mental challenges, puzzles, and that is going to be like most of the checkpoints in the final. Mm -hmm. So the final's a whole different game. You're not going to have like body-on-body -body eliminations. It's nice to also have someone like that uh, later in the game that if you end up getting thrown in, you can ask to go against. Um, but uh, I don't think she's like a complete layup for sure. But I like you have no idea how most of these people are going to perform in a final, being that we've never seen them compete in anything close to it. Right, right, right. So I, I would just be more worried about somebody like Kylan, who you know, now that you put for this sure. target on your back, it's easy to put you in. Whereas Alyssa's kind of like, I mean, worst case scenario, we have to deal with Alyssa at the end. Whereas like Kylan is somebody you can, you know, probably logic your way through saying they need to go up this week and if they come back guess what we'll put them back in because if they're taking out some big people great if they go home great um whereas it's like Alyssa's like ah, i'll keep her around for a while so i i could see this being a worse move for kylan than it was for Alyssa, even though it did kind of come off like this might have been Alyssa's plan um mm -hmm. like she was the mega mind of this one yeah i do think that that's valid um i especially think like if a survivor were to somehow win that's like not Tyson, um, I don't know that they take the Tyson shot so early and then you're looking around at the other threats and Kylan really stands out in a way that he did not necessarily when Xavier was there. I feel like Xavier was a perfect meat shield for Kylan where he is mm -hmm. also a strong big brother player. He happens to be a winner. Like uh, that seems like probably a bigger target that people are going to go for, even though Kylan is uh, dominating, you know, winning, just as many uh, daily challenges as Tyson now. They're the top two uh, pretty clearly on the men's side from that point. So uh, I think Kyland is putting himself in even bigger danger for sure. Yeah, doesn't look great. Uh, pour one out for the Kyland fans. <laughs> Callie, you have a, a tough road ahead of you, but we'll see what happens. Uh, yeah, I like I have said, I feel like I had kicked the habit at the end of BB23 and am re relapsing on Kyland this week. Uh, did test me, but we'll see how it goes for the rest <laughs> of the season. 
All right, cool. Sounds good. Yeah. So, uh, otherwise, last thing I want to ask you before we do get out of here, if you were uh, betting on both a man and woman to win the season, where are you leaning right now? I have to bet on Tyson. Just, okay. He's just... If nothing else, as a character, he's such good TV. Like he's he's running circles around these people. Um, and Tyson, I I hate to say this, but I kind of like mean Tyson. And Tyson, <laughs> did you catch some of the things he was saying in this episode? Like Tyson is it's it's always mean, you know, on Survivor. Like it's it's kind of subtle because he's like person like he's somebody who you can like really build a narrative around. Um, and he won one of the seasons, so he gets a lot of positive content. But this episode. Did you catch what he said about Kayla? Uh, why don't you repeat for anyone that did miss? <laughs> uh, it's not like I wrote it down, but <laughs> he was just like, I'm very excited to have Kayla on my team to do this uh, this trivia thing because she has um, a certain look to her <laughs> and she has, you know, kind of like a face. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I was like... Is this direct shade? Is this uh, just like Kayla seems smart, uh, and uh, I have not much else to say beyond that? Like, oh, she looks distinguished or something. Like, I don't remember exactly what he said. And it was he just said, like he said, if he lined up the entire house to choose someone for trivia, he says she's good at stuff. She's got the look and some wisdom in that face. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know how ill-intentioned this was, but. Oh, if you think I'm not stealing that, <laughs> oh, she's got some wisdom in that face. <laughs> I mean, you have another thing coming, Tyson. Oh, dear God. <laughs> I was just like, what does that even, that is possibly the meanest thing anybody's ever said to someone in front of me. And I've heard some really mean things, but to have some wisdom in that face be a compliment. I just really don't know what that means. Um <laughs> And then as far as the women, I don't know if we've been presented a clear front runner. Obviously, like, we get a lot of Angela and Sarah Lucina because they're clearly great competitors. But I wouldn't bet on either one of them just yet. It's still okay. early in the season. Um, but, like, for me, maybe, like, um, like we don't get a maybe, – maybe even Alyssa would be a good pool. Like, it would be Ooh. a good – like a good story you know Alyssa comes in with this vendetta and then somehow manages like to beat the big brother alliance whatever um kind of gives me like Amber versus Ultra vibes you know like the one who like people were gunning for kind of like or like passively like kind of writing off and then she just kind of wins at the end um yeah so I don't know I don't know if I would bet on anybody except Tyson like I'd probably bet on Tyson fair yeah I would say uh interesting enough Alyssa is the season leader uh, for confessionals this season um, I think she's been pretty active in the game and so that's not entirely surprising but uh, followed very closely by Justine Tyson and then Cache so uh, yes. all names to keep an eye on uh, all people that I'm enjoying on this season I don't know I feel like those are all good picks in terms of betting but uh, otherwise I think that's all we got yeah this was fun I uh... I'm going to be doing another challenge appearance on a different podcast soon just because I'm, I I typically try, try to stay out of the challenge mess. But since Jacob Jones dragged me into it, I'm like, I'm here now. Uh, and so anytime you need me to fill in for uh, Mr. Matt 
SpongeBob himself, I would happy to to come in and watch this show and talk it out with you because this was a good time. Awesome! I'm glad that's recorded so I can pull it if I need to. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but definitely appreciate you coming in here. Why don't you let people know if they uh, somehow don't know already where Stop else they it. can find you? Yeah, hopefully Scally retweets this and then people will follow me. <laughs> but if y'all, if you. If you're listening to this, yeah, you follow me on Twitter at Chappelle's underscore show. That's C-H-A-P-P-E-L-L-S underscore show, where I'm tweeting out the links to the shows that I am talking about, the shows I'm watching, and then just also just talking about random nonsense on Twitter. Uh, So catch me there. Uh, Every week, I am the co-host of Nothing But Netflix on the Rob Has a Podcast Network with Rob Sesternino. And this past week, we had Puya on to talk about The Gray Man. And this week coming up, we're talking about Blown Away with Big Brother's own Nick Uhas. And so um, check out Nothing But Netflix. Subscribe to Nothing But Netflix wherever you get your podcasts. And follow Nothing But RHAP on Twitter to keep up with the content there and leave us some suggestions about what you would like for us to talk about. Um, Also, I will be on the uh, Big Brother RHAP B&B this week with Mike and Liana Boris. Um, to talk about this crazy week of Big Brother 24. Also, was on the Wednesday recap for Big Brother 24 this week. And so we got to talk about everything leading up to the veto um, and, the, uh, and the face crack of a century that happened on Thursday's episode. Uh, so that was a good time as well. And then, as you said in the introduction, that I am talking about P-Valley on Stars with Bryce Isaiah and Dr. Sharia Lloyd every week on the Purple Pants podcast. So check me out in all of those places um, and follow me on Twitter. Wow. Like I said, qualify. Uh, do not start with me. <laughs> do not start with me. I do not have the time. Okay, I just don't. <laughs> um, as always, uh, you can find Matt on Twitter at Matt Lagori. You can find myself on Twitter at Brian underscore Scally. Anything I'm doing there, I will uh, post about, including talking about Love Island USA with Kirsten right now on the our, on the wrap-ups. That's been a lot of fun. Jumping in on Big Brother coverage here and there. And then uh, wherever else I may be, I don't think there's anything else at the moment. So uh, definitely check those out. And then otherwise, uh, I will see you guys next week. <laughs>